0: You are listening to a podcast by Spring Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Spring Hill Church is called to reach everyday people with God's grace, His unconditional love, and the life-changing power of His Word. Thanks for listening, and if you would like more information, you can visit us online at springhill.cc. All right, y'all, let's pray and let's get into the Word tonight. Father, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Father, thank you for being so good to us. Lord God, I thank you for the Lord Jesus and the price that he paid for us. Thank you that he has uh, shed his blood to deliver us, to forgive us, to redeem us, to set us free. And Father, we purpose in our hearts to receive from you tonight, and we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you that the Word is alive, I thank you, Father, for the Holy Ghost who is our teacher, and we believe to be taught tonight. We believe for revelation and insight from your word, and we thank you for it and give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Well, this is week number 18, and we're talking about the healings of Jesus. And uh, I don't know about y'all, but I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this. We've got a couple of more cases to look at. Uh, But it, you know, it has been good for me and I I pray it's been good for you. But uh, let's look at our foundation scripture found in John chapter 21 and verse 25. There's been a couple of verses that we've looked at and kind of uh, based this whole study on. And the first one is found in John 21, 25. And uh, the scripture says in the New King James, it says, And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written, one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. And so we have record of, of many things that Jesus said and did, but we don't have record of everything. But thank God by the Holy Spirit, we have enough. We've got enough to uh, be able to learn and receive and be taught. And, um, and I'm thankful for that, aren't you? Amen. Amen. All right, well, let's look at Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. Let's go over there. And um, this is a scripture that we added into our study, Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. And, uh, you know, if anybody ever has a question as far as healing being the will of God, you can take them to this verse right here. And this verse says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who with the Holy Spirit and with power "...who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him." Of course, we know Jesus fulfilled the will of God 100% of the time, but I love the fact that this scripture says that God anointed Jesus, who went about healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So if God was not for healing, then he shouldn't have anointed Jesus to go about healing all. Uh, But the Scripture says that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about healing everyone that he possibly could. And so I'm thankful for that. The Message Bible says this. He went throughout the country healing people and healing everyone who was beaten down by the devil. You know, Jesus wants to lift people up. Jesus is not about beating people up, beating them down, making them worse than, than they were when they came to him. No, he's about building people up, bringing them uh, to a place where they can receive from him. The Williams translation says, And then he went about doing good and curing all who were overpowered by the devil because God was with him. And so as we've been saying, the ministry of Jesus can be summarized in three things we found this in matthew chapter 4 and verse 23 and matthew Mm -hmm. chapter 9 and verse 35 where it says that jesus went about all galilee teaching in their synagogues preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people so we see here that that it is the will of god Uh, that Jesus went about. And and of course, again, as I said, this summarizes his ministry, that he went about teaching, preaching, and healing. So Jesus was a preacher, Jesus was a teacher, and Jesus is and was a healer. And of course, we want to emphasize what Jesus emphasized. So it's important that we in our ministries and our churches, that we Uh, we preach the Word of God, we teach the Word of God, and we make it known that Jesus is a healer. And so that's very, very important. So uh, let's go over uh, and let's look at what we're going to study tonight, and that's found in Mark, the sixth chapter. Mark chapter six. Mark chapter six. And um, let's look there, Mark chapter six. Uh, Just FYI, I was getting some noise um, on the recording, so I muted everybody. So if you need to say something or ask a question, just unmute yourself. So I I was getting some static, uh, and it was going on the recording. So Mark chapter 6, verses 53 through 56, Mark 6, 53, it says, And when they, Jesus and the disciples, had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and anchored there. And when they came out of the boat, immediately the people recognized him, Jesus, and ran through that whole surrounding region and began to carry about on beds those who were sick to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he entered into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment, and as many as touched him were made well and so this is a a situation it's a little different than what we've been studying we've been looking at individual cases but but we need to look at this situation now one of the reasons that we see individual cases in the gospels is because even though the power of god would be present to heal the multitudes only one or a few would be healed in a particular situation you remember we looked at the the story of the man that was paralyzed and he was Uh, lowered by his friends down into the house where Jesus was preaching, the scripture says that the power of God was present to heal them, but only he, one, got healed. And so what I want you to see is, is that in this situation, there were many people that got healed, but there is a reason that many people got healed in this situation. So let's break this down. Let's look at it verse by verse. So let's back up to verse 53. And it says that when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and anchored there. Now, this is not the first time that Jesus had been to the town or the, the area of Gennesaret. If you'll just put your marker there in Luke six, uh, um, Mark 6, rather, go over with me to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. And I want to show you something that is very important and, and plays a huge, huge role in this particular situation luke chapter 5 and verse 1 and it says this so it was as the multitude pressed about him jesus to hear the word of god that he stood up by the lake of Genezareth. so there's a couple of very very important things that i want you to see we see in this particular verse in luke 5 verse 1 Notice what it says, that the people of Gennesaret pressed about him, why? Not to get healed, but to hear the word that he preached and he taught. Now this is hugely important because when we see Jesus show back up in that area, notice that the people immediately went and sought people that needed healing. Well, how did they know that Jesus was a healer? Well, they had heard him teach on healing, obviously. And of course, we know uh, that the scripture teaches us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This verse, Luke 5, 1 in the Bible in basic English says this, now it came about that while the people came pushing to be near him and to have knowledge of the word of God. The the Message Bible says this, Once he was standing on the shore of the lake of Gennesaret, the crowd was pushing in on him to better hear the word of God. So notice that the people weren't there in this particular situation to get healed, but the people pressed up on Jesus because they wanted to hear the word of God. Now this is hugely important because there are many people that seek healing, and there's nothing wrong with that, but notice the order and the priority of these people was to press upon Jesus to hear the word first, and a lot of times, uh, you know, it's very important that we hear the word first before we pursue after healing or whatever it is that the Lord has for us, because... As you very well know, faith is required in order to receive those things from God. So when when Jesus showed up and he preached and he taught these people, here's what he did. He put faith, expectation, and action into their hearts. He put faith, he put expectation, and he put action into their hearts. Now, this is important. Anytime the Word of God is preached or taught, it should put faith, expectation, and action into the hearts of the people that hear the Word. Now, one thing I I, I so appreciate about these people is that uh, they had a passionate attitude about the Word. Notice that they pressed upon Jesus. And and if you read that story further from Luke chapter 5, this is the story where Jesus had to get into Peter's boat and launch out a little ways into the water so that, so that he could preach. There were so many people there. And uh, so the people were hungry to hear the word of God. So what this shows us in Luke chapter 5 and verse 1 is the degree of the spiritual hunger of the people. And this is so important because your spiritual hunger will determine the degree that you receive from God. These people had a high regard, not only for Jesus, but also for the Word of God. And because they had a high regard for the Word of God, the Word was able to produce in them and produce faith, expectation, and action. So when you have an honor and respect for the Word of God, write this down, manifestation is not far from you. When you have an honor and a respect for the Word of God, manifestation is not far from you. I'll say that one more time. When you have a high regard and an honor and respect for the Word of God, manifestation is not far from you. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir when I say this, but... You know, I I have seen a change take place in the body of Christ as a whole uh, over the last 30 years or so. Uh, You know, it used to be that when you preached the word of God, as we preach in our church, you could fill a building up preaching the word of God, teaching the word of God. And, and, And people were excited about it. And I've noticed over the last few decades that that excitement and that hunger has waned and, and, and you know a lot of people will uh, they'll wonder well why why don't the things of God work for me why doesn't the word work for me to the degree that that you say it should well how hungry are you for the word of God uh, you know i remember that the days when uh, you know people were so hungry for the word and i get it there's more word churches there's more ministries that are preaching the word it's available a more uh, means of communication than it ever has been before, and I get all that. Uh, but I don't want us as believers to allow our hunger for the Word of God to wane. I don't want us to let that diminish. And, and again, I'm preaching to the choir because you guys are hungry. You're obviously, you know here on a Bible study on Wednesday night, uh, but I want us to maintain, that hunger and that desire and that regard for the Word of God. And again, when you maintain that, I promise you manifestation is not far from you. Being able to receive what God has for you is not far from you. Spiritual hunger is key to receiving what you need from God. Uh, I, I remember hearing Brother Hagin say that the gifts and manifestations of the Spirit, like healings and, and the gifts of the Spirit and things like that, don't happen because we pray for them. They happen because the people hunger for them. And uh, you know, we as ministers, we as pastors, we can pray uh, for the things of God, for the manifestations of the Spirit to take place, but it, it's when the people as a whole are hungry for the things of God that god will show up and will manifest himself you know i don't know if this has ever happened to you anybody ever shown up to the dinner table and you weren't necessarily all that hungry and maybe you had eaten something not too long before dinner and you spoiled your dinner and uh, but you came to the table anyway and then you know somebody else shows up at the same meal and they have not eaten and they're hungry And, uh, you know, we use the phrase, you know, I am starving. And and so what's the difference between the two? Well, uh, the difference is the way they regard the dinner table. The person who isn't that hungry, you know, they can kind of take it or leave it. But the person who says that they're starving, you know, that they are really hungry, that they've been working all day maybe or whatever the case is, they want to get to that table and they are ready to eat. You know, sometimes uh, when you get to the table and you're not very hungry, or maybe it's a situation where, uh, you know, my mom, if she cooked a bunch of broccoli and stuff, you know, and put it on the table, well, uh, there were times when I wasn't necessarily hungry for all that broccoli and stuff. And so, you know what? I didn't regard it the same as I did the stuff that I liked. Okay, and what happens is when... uh, you know, when you're at the table, people that are hungry do not let the things pass them by. You know, if, if broccoli was on the table, I could take it or leave it. You know, she would make me eat it because she knew it was good for me, but I could take it or leave it. And the problem is when you show up to the table and you're not all that hungry, things that are put before you will pass you by. And the same thing is true with spiritual things. When we don't have a hunger for spiritual things, God will prepare a table for us. He'll put what he wants us to have and be able to receive on the table. But if we're not hungry, we'll let those things pass by. We'll give a low regard to those things, and we really uh, you know, are, are not all that interested in them. But I tell you this, hungry people will eat and partake of whatever is put in front of them. If you're hungry enough, I don't care what is fixed and prepared for you, whether it's broccoli or not, if you're hungry enough, you'll eat it. And the same thing is true spiritually. When we are hungry to the point we want whatever God has for us, then we will partake and we will not let things pass us by. So the whole point is this. It matters how you approach the word. This is why I encourage our congregation all the time at church. Have an attitude before you get to church, have an attitude. I am going to receive from God today. I am going to be fed today. you know before Bible study, you know maybe have a, a, a say a little prayer to yourself before you connect and, and say this, Lord, I know you have something for me tonight. I purpose to receive from you tonight and I'm hungry. I'm going to partake, of what you have for me and so going back to Genezareth, we see that these people had a high regard for jesus and the word that he preached and he taught god is speaking to all of us myself included uh to to bring us to a place where we increase our hunger for him you know and our passion and our desire for him and for his word so that's awesome You know, the Holy Ghost is confirming what he, you know, was speaking to your heart. So, all right. So again, Gennesaret had a hunger for the word of God. They desired to be taught. So what we see now going back to Mark chapter six is immediately when Jesus steps out of the boat, uh, that the people notice what it says in verse 54, it says, and when they came out of the boat, immediately the people recognized him that's the word recognized is kind of blind to us because it it doesn't mean that they realize oh that's jesus no what they did is the the scripture tells us that uh that they acknowledged him in other words they realized that it that he was the one that had taught them the word and he was anointed and they recognized the anointing that was upon him all right so here's what i want you to see These people were able to receive healing because of what they heard. So your healing is connected to your hearing. Now, I'm not talking about with these ears. I'm talking about hearing with the ears of your heart. Your miracle, whatever you need from God, is directly connected to your hearing and what you hear. And again, I'm not speaking necessarily of your physical hearing, but I'm... I'm talking about what you hear with your heart. Many, many times, people want what the Word has, but they don't want to take the time to hear what the Word says. And, and the two are connected. It's very, very important. Why is that? Because you position yourself to receive from God by hearing the Word of God. And the reason for that, we all know, and we said it earlier, And that is because faith comes, faith is fed, and faith increases by hearing the Word of God. So, in so doing, you're positioning yourself and posturing yourself to to be able to receive from the Lord what He wants to get across to you. You know, God desires for everyone who is sick to be healed. It is not His will that anybody remain sick. Uh, he wants everyone to be healed, but we're going to have to receive healing from him in the way that He prescribes, not the way that we want it. And what I mean by that is this, and I, this is I told the congregation this Sunday, we have to learn how God operates. because God doesn't change for anybody. And he is certainly not going to change his word for you and for me. And so we've got to learn how he functions, how he thinks, how he operates so that, and this is a word that I use Sunday, so that we can cooperate with him. In other words, we can work with him. And I gave the definition Sunday of what cooperation means, and it means this, to work jointly with someone towards the same result. So if God wants healing for every person, and He does, just like He wants salvation for every person, then we're going to have to learn how to co-operate with Him. We're going to have to learn how to flow with Him so that we can receive what He wants for us. You know, again, He doesn't adjust Himself for us. We're going to have to adjust ourselves for Him and to fit His word. So we have to adjust our lives, our heart, our beliefs to accommodate him and to receive from him, and we have to come in line with his word. Now, put your, again, your ribbon thing there in Mark uh, 6, and go over with me to Luke chapter 4, and I want to show you something. Now, I want you to bear in mind as we get ready to read what we're going to read, that Jesus of course manifested the perfect will of god so if it's god's will god's desire to heal everyone that he comes in contact with then of course this was the will of the lord the lord jesus (coughs) excuse me and so what i want us to take a look at and you're familiar with this story but i want us to look at a portion of scripture from luke chapter 4 and beginning in verse 16 and I want us to see something, all right? Very, very important. It says in Luke chapter 4, verse 16, So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. So Jesus went to his own hometown, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And, when he, was ha- and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, and, AND IT WAS OUR ISAIAH 61, THE 61ST CHAPTER OF ISAIAH. AND HE SAID THIS, HE READ THIS, THE SPIRIT OF THE LORD IS UPON ME BECAUSE HE HAS ANOINTED ME TO PREACH THE GOSPEL TO THE POOR. HE SENT ME TO HEAL THE BROKENHEARTED, TO PROCLAIM LIBERTY TO THE CAPTIVES, AND RECOVERY OF SIGHT TO THE BLIND, TO SET AT LIBERTY THOSE WHO ARE OPPRESSED, TO PROCLAIM THE ACCEPTABLE YEAR OF THE LORD. Now Jesus is making a declaration here. He is declaring to these people that I am anointed, and can I just summarize it this way, I'm anointed to meet whatever need you might have in your life, because it all could be pretty much summarized in what he quoted from Isaiah 61 there. Now let's see what happened. Then he closed the book, he gave it to, back to the attendant, and he sat down, and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth, and they said, Is this not Joseph's son? And he said to them, You will surely say this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself Whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. Then he said, Assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a great famine throughout all the land. But to none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath, in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow." Now, Jesus said this. This is what he's saying. He's saying that during the, the three-and-a-half-year famine of, uh, during Elijah's time, there were many people, especially widows, in the nation of Israel at the time. But notice, Jesus pointed out, Elijah was not sent to any of them, but yet to a woman who was a Gentile outside of Israel that's who Elijah was sent to minister to, and you can read her story. It's found in Kings, where uh, you know he he provided for her through, or, or actually the Lord provided for her in the oil and all of that being multiplied. And, and then he goes on to say in verse 27, and many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except, except Naaman the Syrian. Again, another Gentile that was healed during elisha's ministry and so all the those in the synagogue when they heard these things were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out of the city and they led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built that they might throw him off uh, throw him down over the cliff then passing through the midst of them he went his way so what happened in nazareth now we've studied this before and and we've looked at it but let me just kind of summarize this Jesus went there and he proclaimed the word of God. He proclaimed that he was anointed to minister to them. Now, what we see or saw happen in Gennesaret, the same thing could have happened in Nazareth, but it didn't. It says that uh, they got mad and wanted to throw Jesus off a cliff. And so what the Nazarites could have done is they could have allowed the word to produce faith in them, and then received whatever it was they needed. But because they rejected what he preached, and they did not regard the word of God, they received nothing except a few sick folk who had very, very minor ailments were healed. Now, here's what I want you to see. Jesus went there with the intention of healing as many people as he possibly could of whatever they were sick with or in need of. But he could not, not because of a shortage of the power of God, not because of a shortage of the ability of God, not because of lack and insufficiency in the anointing of God. It was because the people did not cooperate with the power of God and therefore did not receive their need met. Now the point is this, these things are not automatic. If it was automatic, then Jesus would have rolled into Nazareth. He would have healed the multitudes. And whether they got mad or not, everybody would have gotten healed. But notice it was dependent on them and whether they received or not as to whether people got healed or not. So what I'm I'm getting us to see this for is that it is super important that we understand that we must cooperate with the power of God in order to receive from God. Okay, there are, there are a large number of Christians that have the mindset that God is sovereign and God can do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. And, and, and God is sovereign. But the fact of the matter is, in his sovereignty, he made it where people had to choose to receive from him or not. He, in other words, let, let me ask you this question. And, and we all know the answer to this. Is it God's will for everybody to be saved? Well, yeah, the scripture says that it's not God's will that any should perish. So if it's God's will for every man, woman, boy, and girl to get saved then why don't they? Because why doesn't God just move in and, and just do what he does and everybody gets saved? He can't. Because it would be a violation of people's will and desire to choose what they want. And God will never override your will or my will or anybody else's will to make them receive anything. You and I have to choose what we receive from God. So therefore, that's why it is so important for us to hear the word of God, to know the word of God, to be skilled in the word of God so that we make sure we are cooperating with him all the time. You know, what a horrible thing it would be to get to heaven and God say, you know what, I had all of this prepared for you, all this that I wanted you to receive and walk in. But yet you wouldn't receive it because either one of two things, either you were ignorant of it or you chose not to receive it. And I don't want that to happen. I don't want to get to heaven and find out I missed out on a whole lot that Jesus bought and paid for that I could have been walking in here in the earth only because either I didn't know about it or I, I ignorantly made a decision I didn't want it. I don't want that to be me and I don't want that to be you amen amen all right so let's move on the word of God must be a part of our daily life not just our church life okay probably do you good to write that down the word of God must be a part of our daily life not just our church life your life needs to revolve around your relationship with God, not God fit into your life on Sundays or Wednesday nights. And again, I know I'm preaching to the choir because you guys are hungry. But what I want us to see is that the Word of God must be the focal point in our lives. Now, what we know from the Word of God is this, and this is why this must be so important to us, and that is this. The Word contains the faith that we need in order to receive whatever it is the word says so when you hear scripture on healing and you hear the word taught on healing their faith is present in order for you to receive healing okay now I've got a little illustration for us here everybody look up for just a second I have a I don't know if you can see it very well, but I have a can of cut green beans right here that I bought at the grocery store, okay? Bought these a couple of weeks ago, and uh, green beans is one of my favorite vegetables. You probably won't see a can of broccoli in my home, but you will see a can of cut green beans, all right? So, you know, when I went to the grocery store and I bought this can of green beans, when I got ready to leave the store, I didn't... I didn't have to go find the manager and say, sir, can you do me a favor? I know this can says that there's cut green beans in here. So can you please put some beans in here so I can take this can home? And if I did that, here's what his reply would be. Well, no, sir, I can't do that. The beans are contained inside the can so my response to him would be you mean when i buy this can i get the beans too Mm -hmm. and he would say why yeah you it all comes together and so my point is this when you feed on the word of god you get what it contains you don't have to feed on the word of god and then ask god to give you faith when you feed on the word of god Faith is like these beans, they're contained in the container and when you open the container and partake of the container and what's in the container, you get the beans. And so I hope that makes sense to you. Uh, It's a little simple illustration, all right? Now, going back to Mark chapter 6, Mark chapter 6, notice it said, again, when they had crossed over, verse 53. They came to the land of Gennesaret and anchored there. And when they came out of the boat, Jesus and the disciples, immediately the people recognized him. And so when they came rallying around Jesus, um, in verse 55 it says, and they ran through the whole surrounding region and began to carry about on beds those who were sick to wherever they heard he was. Now, I've already told you, but how did they know to go and get the sick people? Well, Jesus had already taught them what the word says about healing and that he was present. Now, it could be that Jesus told them the exact same thing that he told uh, the people in Nazareth. He could have stood up there in Gennesaret and said, hey, THE SPIRIT OF THE LORD IS UPON ME BECAUSE HE'S ANOINTED ME TO PREACH THE GOOD NEWS, THE GOSPEL TO THE POOR. HE SENT ME TO HEAL THE BROKENHEARTED. AND ALL THAT HE TOLD THE the PEOPLE IN NAZARETH, HE COULD HAVE TOLD THEM THE VERY SAME THING. AND THERE'S A HIGH PROBABILITY THAT HE DID. BUT NOTICE WHAT HAPPENED IS THAT IMMEDIATELY WHEN JESUS SHOWED UP, THE PEOPLE SCATTERED AND WENT AND STARTED GATHERING UP SICK PEOPLE. WHY? because they knew that Jesus was and is a healer. Now, the people recognized him. Uh, They remembered him and what he taught them before, and so they responded to what they knew about Jesus. I want to say this to you. You will act on and respond to what you know about Jesus. If you don't know that Jesus is a healer, then you're not going to respond to and act upon Jesus being a healer in your life. If you don't know that Jesus is a provider and that God the Father wants to meet your needs, then you won't respond to and act on that in faith. And everything else that Jesus is, if you don't know that about him, you won't respond to and act on that from him. All right, so again... He must have taught about healing because the word says that they went to go get the sick so that they could be healed. Now notice in verse 55, I love the very, and I'm reading from the New King James. It says, And immediately the people recognized him and ran through that whole surrounding region. Now, when people expect something, they run. Amen. All right, people that aren't expecting something don't run. And, and what am I saying? The heart attitude and readiness to receive. All right? So notice these people were so moved by faith and acting on what they had heard Jesus teach that they didn't waste any time that they ran, to get as many sick people as they possibly could. People that are not expecting Jesus to do anything, don't run. Okay? So, you know, again, sometimes we need to check our attitude towards the things of God. Are we expecting Him to do something in our lives? Because if we are, then we'll run to Him. If we're not, we won't run to Him. You know, again, a lot of times you can tell by what people are, are expecting to receive by how they respond to the things of God. How, you know, where's their excitement? Where's their hunger? Are they running to the things of God? Or are they just kind of, you know, lackadaisical about it? Kind of, you know, well, if I get there, fine. If I don't, fine. You know, whatever the case might be. So as, as soon as the, these people recognized Jesus, they ran throughout the whole surrounding region and began to carry about on beds those who were sick to wherever they heard he was. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit. Go over with me to flip over a couple of pages to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11 and verse 24. Mark chapter 11 and verse 24. You know this scripture. Jesus said this. Wait, wait, wait. How do we know it's Jesus? It's in red. Yeah, it's in red. That's right. Red. All right. Y'all are sharp. All right. Verse 24. <laughs> Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, or I'm, let me read it from the Old King James. Therefore, I say to you, what things soever you desire when you pray, Believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Now, I want you to pay close attention. Remember how I've always taught you, pay attention to details. Jesus didn't do random. He didn't say stuff accidentally. All right? So notice the order that he put in this verse. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe, and you shall receive them. So faith, this verse, notice this. It does not start out with faith or prayer. What does it start out with? What things soever you desire. Desire. Okay. I want to say this to you. Sometimes we don't have a faith problem. Sometimes we have a desire problem. Mm -hmm. Now, what do I mean by that? You need to pay attention to the order that this verse says. Notice it says... Number one, desire. Number two, pray. Number three, believe. And number four, receive. Let me give those to you again. Number one, desire. Number two, pray. Number three, believe. Or number four, receive. Now, what I want you to do is pay close attention to what is number one. See... Desire. Jesus put desire first here because let me put this in the form of a question. How bad do you want it? Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, whatever you're praying about. Because see, here's what you need to understand. Faith is not okay with not receiving. So a lot of us don't have a faith problem. We have a desire problem. Meaning, we don't want it bad enough. I've made mention to you before, and this, this, this sermon is out on YouTube. You can go look it up. John Osteen, uh, Joel Osteen's dad, uh, great preacher. Uh, heard him many, many times um, and, and live many times. But um, he has a message that's out on YouTube that he preached many years ago called, How, bad it, or how Big Is Your Want To? In other words, how big or how much do you want to experience what God has for you? How big is your desire? Because I can tell you this, and I'm not saying this in a judgmental way, but I can tell how bad you want something by how much you talk about it, how you act about it, and and how passionate you are about receiving something. I can tell how bad you want something. All right, and let me tell you something. God can too. God can tell how bad we want something by where our heart is in wanting to receive that. See, passivity is never never walks hand in hand with faith. Pass, passiveness and faith never are co-conspirators, co, if you will, or co-workers rather. All right? Faith is never passive. Faith is never passive. Now, I want you to go over with me to Matthew, the 11th chapter. And uh, I want to show you a verse that I think has confused a lot of people in the body of Christ. And I want to maybe unravel some of that. Um, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 22, or no, verse 12, excuse me. Matthew 11, verse 12. And uh, I'm going to read it from the New King James first and then I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified and make some comments and then read it from the Passion, all right? So here we go. Matthew 11, verse 12, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Now there's a lot of misunderstanding about that verse, a lot of people that don't understand what Jesus was saying when he said that verse. Um, several commentaries, in particular one I looked at, said this, the word violence there, when he said that the, uh, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, violence means this, those that are making an intense effort. Those that are making an intense effort towards the kingdom of God, towards the things of God. In other words, a non passive attitude. Okay. And then the the phrase take it by force where it says in the violent take it by force actually means the ones that are actually entering in. So here's God, he's made all these, you know, the scripture says great and precious promises to us that he has made available to us. And here's the thing that Jesus is saying to us that it's the ones that are focused, it's the ones that are making an intense effort to receive it are the ones that are actually entering into it. And, and can I say this to you? Can you just make up your mind right now? When you make the decision to believe the full word of God, you're going to get labeled as weird, as uh, unusual, uh, you know, and all the other adjectives that those which that or try and persecute us would say okay and and let them say it that's fine you know but but we're going to enter in we're going to receive from the lord all that he has for us let me read the the this verse to you from the passion it says this from the moment john stepped onto the scene until now now what jesus was saying is and basically this was less than a year from the time John the Baptist showed up till this moment that Jesus is saying this, okay? So from the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth and passionate people have taken hold of its power. Okay, Mm -hmm. what am I saying to you? If you wanna receive from heaven what Jesus has paid for for you to have, If you want to receive from heaven, from the Lord, what God wants you to have, you are going to have to be passionate about it. You're going to have to be hungry for it. You cannot be passive in these things. You know, again, we walk in love. We're kind towards people and all of that. But there has to be something on the inside of us where we refuse to not walk in what God wants us to walk in. Now, the reason I'm saying this is think about, if you go back to Mark 6, how aggressive the people of Gennesaret were. Listen, they didn't even have to hear Jesus preach again. All they had to know was he had set foot on our shore. And and let me tell you how aggressive they were. They went and started gathering up everybody they could, even people that were bedridden cases and gathered them up and brought them to Jesus. Here's why. Because they refused for these people not to get healed. Their attitude wasn't, well, you know, if Jesus wants them to get healed, well, he'll just pass by their house. He'll come to their house and minister to them. No, their attitude was, The healer is here. We're going to get these people to him and they are going to get healed. All right? See, here's why. Oh, write this down, please. Okay? And I know I'm preaching a little bit, but it's all right. Listen to this. Don't be passive and half-hearted towards receiving from God. Don't be passive and half-hearted towards receiving from God. One more time. Don't be passive and half-hearted towards receiving from God. Here's why. All right, write this down too. Because your enemy is wholehearted in trying to keep you from receiving from God. Your enemy is wholehearted You do need to understand the devil doesn't do anything halfway either. And he is wholeheartedly bent on you not receiving from God. So, you know, when Christians take a a half-hearted attitude towards the things of God and and whether they walk in the things of God or not and, and the blessings of God and all that God has for us. When we take a half-hearted attitude towards those things, we need to understand that the devil who is wholeheartedly working against us is going to be able to bring defeat into our lives. Why? Because it's not, it's not even, okay? Now, granted, we have authority over him in Jesus' name, but you have to understand, you've got to be wholeheartedly committed and wholeheartedly walking in these things if you want to receive and walk in what God has for you. I think a lot of times we miss out on things that God has for us because we're too passive about it. We're too, uh, again, as I said earlier, we we just take things too lightly. And, you know, I I want you and me to learn how to be like these people in Gennesaret. and, And I want us to have that dogged determination that I and we are going to receive from God I refuse to take no for an answer Now in verse 56 of Mark 6 notice what it said wherever he entered into villages cities or the country they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might that he might touch the the hem of his garment and as many as touched him were made well. You, you know, I want you to imagine this. What if um, what if you had a big shopping area, like let's say a mall, okay? Uh, you know, a big mall like Carolina Place or South Park or something like that. And we heard that Jesus was going to be there and he was going to be healing people. And so we went around and gathered up as many sick people as we possibly could and laid them out on the the walkway there for them to be healed. Do you think that's going to disrupt traffic a little bit? Do you think that's going to disrupt maybe stuff going on in the marketplace? Yeah, it is. But you know what? The people didn't care. It didn't matter to them if they disrupted what was going on again They wanted to receive from the Lord. All right? And so what I'm wanting us to see is I'm wanting us to learn, again, what these people did in Gennesaret. Because you remember the whole point of these studies and looking at all these cases is if we will do what the people did, we will get what the people got. And so, again, I want us to learn how to have that determination that the people of Gennesaret had, that the moment that Jesus set foot on their shore, they were determined that everybody they could get their hands on was going to get their healing. And, and, you know, again, this is one of the few cases that's mentioned in the scriptures, in the gospels, where And this is why we're studying it, is, is that multitudes of people got healed in one setting, if you will. Okay, there, there are others that are mentioned, but this is one of the few where it says that, that the multitudes got healed. And so we needed to look at what they did in order to facilitate so many people being healed. And it was simply their dogged determination and faith in the Word of God and not being passive about the things of God and being willing to do whatever it took to receive from the Lord at that moment. So I just want to encourage each and every one of us that when you need something from heaven and you you desire, find out what the Word says about your situation. And, and if you have the Word on your situation, whether it's healing or whatever the case is, then... Pray, believe God, but make sure your desire is there, that your desire, that can I say it this way, that you're in it to win it and you don't quit until you receive what it is you're praying for, okay? Somebody says, well, how long will that take? Listen, that doesn't matter. When you're in it to win it, it doesn't matter how long it takes. I'm in it to win it. I'm in it until the manifestation shows up. Whether it's a day, five days, five months, five years, I don't care. I am going to receive from the Lord. Amen. Thanks once again for tuning in to the Spring Hill Church podcast. We hope that you have been blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about the church, please feel free to visit us at springhill.cc.